Hello, and welcome to You Philosopher, the holiday edition. So let's get right to it. Let's start with a question brought up by the fact that I just said the holiday edition instead of the Christmas edition. So I was watching YouTube recently and um, an advertisement came on before one of the videos that I was watching and it was a gentleman talking about his argument that there is a war on Christmas. And I thought it was interesting that this was an advertisement. It was fascinating to watch. And unfortunately, I cannot, I did not have the presence of mind to write down the speaker's name so that you, uh, you yourselves could look him up. But it was fascinating to listen to because he was trying to make in this, uh, I'd say five minute video or so, a kind of clear argument that there is a war on Christmas being waged by liberals who are actually um, doing so because they're anti-religion. And so the basic kind of gist was that people are trying to make it sound like they're trying to be sensitive to other religions um, and that the political, politically correct speech was just a means by which to get away with um, this more insidious plan to get rid of religion. And the speaker, um, in kind of his, in his move to make his argument as convincing as possible, um, part of the uh, part of the ethos ended up being that well, he himself is Jewish, so he doesn't really have anything to lose in this argument. That it wasn't a matter of, oh, I'm Christian and I'm offended because fewer people are saying Merry Christmas to me. His argument instead was Christmas is a national holiday. These liberals are trying to destroy that national holiday because they want to make the country not religious at all. Myself, as a Jewish person, I, I decidedly bothered by that. And so one of the things that I think is definitely worth talking about as the holiday season rolls around is, and, and it's been rolling for a little while now, is um, whether or not um, people should say Merry Christmas and whether or not people should say Happy Holidays. And if that is somehow part of this, this agenda to dis destroy religion uh, for the country. Now, I do think one thing that's important to note, and this is always a frustration of mine, is um, that when we complain about things, and I'm as much a sinner as the next person about it, it is a little frustrating though when we kind of get stuff blatantly wrong only in the ways that benefit us the most. It really helps if we know the history about, about stuff. Uh, so just to give kind of a very brief example that we can talk about in the future if you'd like, but uh, I don't want to be too tangential, is arguments regarding the Confederate flag. Um, people argue about whether or not people should have the Confederate flag up or how it should be used, so on and so forth. We're going to leave that argument aside for the moment. What I find interesting about it is the fact that it's actually not the Confederate flag. You know what I'm talking about when I say the Confederate flag, so it's become the Confederate flag. But the Confederate flag, as we talk about it today, was not the Confederate flag back in 1863. Uh, in fact, the flag that everyone calls the Confederate flag is actually the flag of the Army of Northern Virginia, which is not an unimportant flag uh, by any stretch, but it's not the same thing as the Confederate flag, which in fact the Confederacy went through a couple, if I recall correctly, incarnations to try and get their flag right as, as a nation, um, or as a nation that was trying to become a nation, or however you want to put it. That being said, when we argue about it, it's always a little bit frustrating to me that everyone kind of has underscore, well, 
either I'm for it because, and you know, the Confederacy was in support of this and this flag was the Confederate flag. And so because they're in support of states' rights and I'm in support of states' rights, or it's part of a tradition that's important to me, or if they're arguing, well, no, it's the flag of the Confederacy and I'm against the Confederacy, however they want to put it, at the end of the day, there's still this kind of like nagging English teacher part of me that's like, well, technically it's not the Confederate flag. And perhaps I'm just picking nits, but I think the same thing ends up happening with the issue of happy holidays. Just to mention it briefly, um, up until Christmas day, it's not Christmas. So if we're gonna argue about saying Merry Christmas in the first place, and this actually is not my own thought. This actually came from a priest that I knew who used to be frustrated that people didn't go around saying Happy Advent when it was Advent. The season before Christmas is Advent and it's its own thing. And it's an important season if you are Catholic or particular Christian denomination, so on and so forth. Christmas technically starts on Christmas day and then lasts for 12 days after. That's why there's 12 days of Christmas. So it's always funny that we're arguing like, why aren't people saying Merry Christmas during the Christmas season? Well, arguably they could be not saying Merry Christmas because it's technically not Christmas yet. But okay, perhaps I'm being a little bit unfair. That's not really what the argument is about. The argument is instead whether or not it in fact is actually um, offensive to say Happy Holidays instead. And if this is part of some sort of evil liberal agenda to get rid of religion or to not hyperbolize um, part of an attack that, that liberals in general have um, because they want to make the country more secular. Well, I think at the end of the day, what ends up happening there is, um, is a mischaracterization that works to the benefit of those who benefit from scaring, uh, scaring people about liberals and whatever it is that liberals stand for. Firstly and foremost, we can't take any group of people and just categorically say, well, here's what their agenda is. Um, you can't do that about Republicans. Um, you really can't do that about pretty much any group. And, and, and I say this timidly, but this technically counts even for Nazis back in the day. In other words, there were people who joined the Nazi party for different reasons and had different agendas, right? Overall, perhaps the, the Nazi movement moves in a particular direction. And I'll grant you that in the same way that the conservative movement or the Tea Party movement moves in a particular direction or um, the Democrats or the liberals move in a particular direction. We can't, we, we should be very careful, however, about categorically saying things like, oh, okay, well, uh, liberals just are trying to make the country uh, non-religious or they just hate religion. In the same way, we should be very categorical, be, be very careful about saying something categorically like uh, conservatives just want to um, uh, conduct war on Islam, right? Um, it's not fair because not all conservatives do and not not even all branches of the Republican Party uh, happen to agree on not just whether or not Islam's a problem, but they also don't even necessarily agree on what to do on, about that problem if they happen to agree that it's a problem. So similarly, we should be ca ca cautious about saying, well, you know, uh, liberals just have this agenda regarding religion. Now, that being said, sure, there are those, though I do not think just liberals, there are conservatives as well, um, Take, for instance, um, you might know, I, I've known anarcho-capitalists, right? So they are heavily libertarian. So they're much more likely to, to vote Republican and, and, and to be in line with um, fiscally conservative belief sets um, who themselves are completely non-religious. And in fact, uh, would be very concerned about the impact that say religion may have on, um, on schools or critical thought or however it is that they want to put it. So, we can't say, well, it's, it's just a liberal thing, but okay, maybe they're in fact 
is a direction in which liberals are moving in terms of uh, suggesting that religion shouldn't be a, a primary focus in the country. And to be honest, that's about as willing, willing as I'm willing to push it, as I know plenty of people who consider themselves liberal who also believe in God and are deeply devout about it, and honestly would be very, very, very frustrated if people told them that they couldn't worship as they chose. So instead, we kind of have to, I, I think really the wisest course of action then is to ask ourselves, well, why would we think that liberals have this particular agenda in the first place? And we've kind of already rejected, given what that, given what that particular gentleman was talking about, we've rejected, rejected the possibility that it really is just a uh, trying to respect other people's beliefs. It can't be that. So it's got to be something else. Well, okay. So there are, there are liberals who are concerned about um, the impact that religion has on politics and would like to remove it as much as possible. Um, and we can have a, a pretty interesting argument about that. Uh, I think probably the most important thing to say is because the thing that comes up with that is the separation of church and state. <coughs> and when you hear conservatives and liberals argue about it, that gets thrown around a lot. We have to remember that at the end of the day, the argument probably ends up coming out more similar on both sides than either side would like to admit. The reason why there's separation of church and state in the first place is not to protect the state, it's to protect people from the state in terms of their own religious belief sets. What I mean by that is the argument tends to be separation of church and state is about, you know, that's why you shouldn't, you know, have children praying in public schools, so on and so forth or forcing them to pray in public schools, so on and so forth, is because the uh, governmental sector that, that, that publicly participated in governmental sector, se sector is supposed to be uh, separate from, from religion. But the reason why is, is because we're talking about a country that's founded to some degree by people who are distinct, distinctly concerned that other people would try and force them to do one thing in terms of religion or another, that they wouldn't be allowed to worship as they chose. Particularly, they were concerned about the government being able to tell them how they could worship or what, what they could do in terms of the religion, so on and so forth. So the whole point of the separation between church and state, at least initially, is to protect people's ability to worship as they choose. And if we remind ourselves of that, then the argument, I think, kind of comes out in the wash. In other words, both kind of end up saying the same thing. I mean, all you have to really do is ask yourself, um, okay, I want to be, if I want to be able to pray the way that I want to, should I be able to force other people to pray in a way that they don't want to? And whether that means that they're atheists, agnostics, or Muslims, or Buddhist, or Wiccan, or uh, Christian, or whatever, the realization becomes that pretty much for everyone, the answer becomes no. I do not want to have to give up my religion to worship in somebody else's religious way. That's what it comes down to. Now, it just so happens that here in the States, many, many, many people are Christian. And so when there is a push to make everyone do the same thing in terms of religion, it tends to be in a monotheistic um, perspective. We'll end up talking about God, or we'll do something like put the Ten Commandments up in front of a courthouse or something like that. And most people tend to not have a problem with it then because they themselves believe that they're followers of the Ten Commandments. And so they're comfortable with it. But the key is to remember that it's kind of that do unto others notion. Okay, fine. I'm comfortable with the Ten Commandments being here because I happen to be a follower of the Ten Commandments. What would happen, however, if our country, because of um, the fact that, say, Islam, I think, is the fastest growing religion in the world, if not the fastest, then one of the fastest growing religion in the world. What happens if we fast forward in the United States 100 years from now 
and um, Christianity is not the majority religion anymore, and people want to put s something else, um, say from the Quran, up in front of, uh, of the courthouse. Do I feel less secure as a Christian going to uh, trial now, knowing that my religious beliefs are kind of secondary and that apparently those religious beliefs over there that belong to this other group are somehow an important part of their judicial system. Well, I think we would suddenly become uh, more concerned. I, to, to put it in a way that's probably more comfortable for all of us, uh, imagine all of a sudden the Greek gods become a big thing again and Zeus is like the guy, you know, so, you know, 500 years from now, Almost everyone in the United States is worshiping Zeus, and um, it's his rules that are up in front of a courthouse. Um, might people who are Christian be concerned that their that that their own particular understanding of the world is not well represented, and in fact, that if they're not following Zeus, that that maybe they're not going to get a fair trial is what it really comes down to. So, well, the point then only being that. The idea that there's a war on religion when people are in essence saying something like, well, there should be a, a separation of church and state is not necessarily true. Now, don't get me wrong. There are definitely people who have a huge problem with religion. And there are definitely people who are liberal who have a huge problem with religion, right? Bill Maher comes immediately to mind. And he's not exactly a good spokesperson for the idea that liberals are not against religion. Having said that, what we were really asking about initially here is the question of happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Well, if we want to leave behind the idea that there is in fact a war on religion, in other words, if I don't want people to use scare tactics against me, and I'm really pretty unwilling to do so, at the end of the day, I, I know a lot of liberals and I know a lot of conservatives, and on both ends, most of them are religious and most of them are Christian uh, to, to uh, one degree or another, however they happen, happen to want to define it. And if they say Merry Christmas to me, and maybe I'm Christian, maybe I'm not, I'm not particularly offended by that because I know the goodwill that they intend behind it. Fair enough. But I think the same thing can be said about someone who says Happy Holidays to me. I'm not going to be offended by that if I am Christian or Buddhist or whatever else because at the end of the day, I know that the person is still in intending goodwill. And national holiday or otherwise, um, the simple fact of the matter is, is we don't have enough goodwill out there, which however you want to look at Christmas and holidays is kind of the point to some degree, right? There's whatever our own religious belief sets are if we happen to have them. But then there's also the idea that those belief sets are supposed to help produce goodwill amongst people in general, that we are supposed to be at our best at this time of year. Um, and it's a little scary to realize that we are finding excuses for not being at our best at this time of year by literally engaging in fear tactics and the idea of warfare. That we're encouraging people to get upset when someone says happy holidays to us. Now, that's not to say that there aren't some people who are probably bothered if you say Merry Christmas because that assumes that they celebrate Christmas and it, perhaps they feel underrepresented. And, th and that's kind of the point. Is all of us know what it's like to feel up unrepresented or underrepresented in one way or another. Yet we seem to have tremendous difficulty understanding that about other people. 
we know what it's like. I mean, in my case, I know what it's like to be short. I don't know what it's like to be black. I don't know what it's like to be a woman, but I know what it's like to be short. And I honestly feel a bit underrepresented sometimes. Now, it's not the same. I don't want to say that my suffering is nearly the same as the black populations or my suffering is the same as, as the suffering that women go through. But I can at least be a little bit more sympathetic to the fact by recognizing the fact that it, it does suck to know that, um, you know, 90 percent, I think some 90 percent of CEOs are not just white, white men, but white men who are six feet taller, six feet or taller. Well, maybe that's not a big deal. But it doesn't exactly make me feel good about myself, and it doesn't make me feel good about the prospects of my becoming a CEO. So I guess really what I want to ask and what I, what, I would, what I can't help but wonder about is why would we go around encouraging even more anger than we already have, especially during the holidays? Whatever our belief sets happen to be, even if we largely lack them entirely, why would we encourage people to be mad if someone says Merry Christmas, but also why would we also be encourage people to be mad if someone says Happy Holidays? And I've known people like that, good people like that, who get really upset if they're shopping at a store and someone says Happy Holidays to them as they check out. And they say, no, it's Merry Christmas. And I realized that this person just said Merry Christmas to someone angrily, which not just in terms of the idea that Christmas is supposed to be a time of goodwill and charity and compassion, one of the times where we're at our best, but also if, if you happen to be Christian, a time where you believe that you're literally supposed to be like sharing the love of Christ. And here you are saying Merry Christmas to someone in an angry way. No, it's Merry Christmas, which seems to completely defeat the purpose, whether you're religious or otherwise, of the idea that the holidays are about love and kindness. And that's a little bit sad, I think. So not to be too preachy, which is something I'd like to avoid in, in this series, but I would like during this holiday season, especially one as divided as this one is, to encourage everyone to take it for what it's meant as. Whatever it is that people are saying, to try and hear them out, to not hear them in the worst possible way. That if they say happy holidays to you, that maybe they're not saying that they hate your religion and they don't want to be want you to be able to participate in it and that they want to turn the country into some sort of atheistic, hedonistic nightmare. Or if they say Merry Christmas to you, or heaven forbid, Happy Hanukkah, or Happy Kwanzaa, at least they're saying Happy something. Should be told we could probably use a bit more of right now. Maybe a few more have a nice days. Maybe a, a few more enjoy your holidays. Maybe a, a few more thank yous and a few more pleases and a few more have a safe drive home. And maybe a few more Merry Christmases and Happy Hanukkahs and a few more Happy Kwanzaas and a few more Happy Holidays. Maybe just a few more Happies in general. Because supposedly that's what we say it's all about. And if we can't find a way to do that, what do we really have left? If during the time when we're supposed to be at our best, we're still at our worst, angry, assumptive, presumptive, unkind, and cruel. What can we expect during the other 11 months of the year when we're not under the requirement to be thoughtful, supposedly, right? I mean, it would be awesome if we were all year long, but I don't think it bodes well. So with that, I would like to wish you a wonderful, holiday season, and a Merry Christmas, and a Happy Kwanzaa, and a Happy Hanukkah, and, 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 a, and a wonderful day, and 
um, to all of the other holidays that I'm missing, to, to the unrepresented Wiccans and Buddhists, to everyone, to, to, to atheists, everyone, I hope that your entire year is fabulous. And thank you for taking the time to listen to this and for sharing this time with me. Have a lovely week.